This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. You're listening across the Real Presence Radio Network. My name is Nathan Sather, and I'm joined here in our wonderful Fargo studio by Brad Gray. Brad, welcome. Good, uh, good morning, Nathan. Again, gooder morning to you. Good, a, a gooder morning for sure. Yes. And uh, I will admit, I always enjoy being on Real Presence Radio. It's a huge blessing. But some things kind of pique your interest, and you're a little more excited yeah, for yeah. things. And I think in this regard, at least personally, I'm a little more excited uh, than usual. I'm a UMary grad, and I met you know, Monsignor Shea when I was a young student. Well, I shouldn't say young student, but a, young, a younger version of myself <laughs> at the time. And I went to lunch with him and uh, kind of laid out my, my case for what I was hoping University of Mary would become. And he was so gracious and so good to me. And so now my oldest daughter is going to be a young uh, student at UMary, uh, which I'm really thrilled about. And you were just telling yeah, me. Yeah, my, my daughter is getting ready to graduate with her doctorate in occupational therapy from UMary. She did her undergraduate in uh, theology and psychology there. So it's, uh, it's been several wonderful years. Yeah, and I'm, I'm always competitive. I like poking the bear, yeah. you know, kind of stirring the pot a little bit. And uh, good friends of ours, uh, their daughter and our, my Emily is the same age. And they're sending her daughter to University of Notre Dame in mm. uh, South Bend, Indiana. And I'm obviously sending my daughter to <clears throat> Bismarck at University of Marion. So I, I was like, well, why don't you send your kid to a Catholic school? Oh. <laughs> but we are joined here by Dr. Scott Cleveland, uh, who is the director of the Catholic Studies program there at the University of Mary. And Dr. Scott, it's a really a huge blessing for all of us to be able to have you join us from the university here on Real Presence Live. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really glad to be with you guys. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about yourself, your work there at University of Marion. We're always more interested in, in you, the person, than we are in what you do. Okay, great. Well, so I uh, have a PhD in philosophy. I study virtues and emotions, and I got involved with the Catholic Studies program about five years ago and, uh, and directed it um, during that time. And I'd love to tell you about how it's really um, changed my own vision of education. I didn't know about Catholic Studies coming here, uh, but began to learn about it through Monsignor Shea and the faculty formation we offer here. And uh, it's a really exciting program uh, that I think is, is doing wonderful things here and really transforming students' lives. So I'd love to tell you more about it. Uh, yeah, so you know, what, what is the Catholic Studies program, and what, what, if a student was interested in it or they go through it, what will they come out with on the other side? Yeah, yeah. So we, Catholic Studies is an interdisciplinary community of faculty and students. Uh, who are seeking to incarnate the Catholic tradition in their lives. They're trying to promote the integrity of the university through the integration of faith, reason, and life in themselves with the goal of invigorating the culture for Christ. So I want to unpack that a little bit. The first part is that Catholic studies is interdisciplinary. So the faculty in it might be from philosophy, theology, history, literature and the arts, classics, psychology. And students who come here are going to take courses that um, weave together um, those disciplines and the Catholic faith in that context. So sometimes when people hear the word Catholic studies, they think, oh, that must be a philosophy or theology program. But it's really more than that. It's an interdisciplinary program. Uh, so, for example, a student come would take a class called Search for Happiness and a class called Catholic Imagination. And in, those, in the first class, they're going to be looking at what is human happiness and how do we understand it, and they're going to be drawing from the resources of philosophy and theology and literature. In Catholic Imagination, they're going to be drawing from literature and the arts widely um, construed in order to, to see how it is that Catholics see the world and what it is um, to, to know beauty and to love it. 
And so I think that that's one thing that I'd want students to know is it's interdisciplinary. Um, it's also something that goes far beyond, you might say, the classroom. We have a lot of extracurricular events that are ordered towards helping students to integrate what they learn in their different classes in themselves and to integrate their faith um, with what they learn such that they're living really, um, they're living lives of integrity out of what they've taken from both their classes and their extracurricular activities. So we have a weekly convivium where faculty and students eat dinner together. We regularly have over 100 students there each week. We have a parlor, which is our, our way of forming students intellectually to be able to engage the pursuit of truth with friends, but in a way that um, helps them to both grow in courage in talking about tough, tough questions, but also learning how to be um, keen in their, in their discussion with others and civil and uh, with people who, with whom they disagree. So I think students can expect that this program is not something that is merely like a discipline. In fact, it's not really a discipline. It's, a, like I said, an interdisciplinary venture. But it's also going to transform them. And a lot of students who come here um, have real interest in professional training and jobs, and we've designed the program in order to fit that. It's actually a, quite a small program, and students can add as a double major or a minor, and so it can really supplement and help them um, to gain what St. John Henry Newman, who's the patron of the program, calls a, a philosophical habit of mind. Hmm. It's, it's a habit of mind that enables a person to, to see the world as a whole, uh, and, it, and they do that by means of seeing how the different disciplines each reveal, you might say, an aspect or an element of the whole of things. And when they are able to sort of move between those disciplines and see how what they're learning and what they know by faith break, come together to reveal a whole, then they both understand the world better and are better able to understand God and to give glory to Him for the beauty of His creation and for how intelligible it is. Hmm. Well, that's sounds so I've fantastic. got more to say, but <laughs> no, I Go, go for it. Up. I love it. I'm just yeah. eating it up. Uh, well, I would say, you know, one of the things that um, we want to do for students here is we want them to come and we want them to to receive something they might not know they need. Um, this kind of education, it's, it's sort of like the fruits of a liberal arts education that's infused with the Catholic faith, is something that, you know, students may or may not recognize or may or may not know that they need. But when they come here, and I've heard students say, um, I'm so glad that I found this. I didn't even know that I needed it, but... Um, it's really transforming, even if they go on to be, you know, a nursing student or a business student or someone who's in, you know, a typical professional track. I can only imagine that's that that's almost like the the majority report is that like students come away with a deepened awareness that they're, they've received something that they probably didn't even know that they uh, were in search of prior, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think in, it's the, the the program is geared towards trying to bring to fruition and to fulfill the students intellectually and spiritually and morally and in ways that uh, depend on the wisdom of the saints and the Church. And, you know, people don't always know exactly what they need, and when they, but when they taste it and they, they see uh, the fruit it bears and they recognize that this is a great thing. Yeah, well, and I think it's, we've done a really good job of putting Jesus under a bushel basket, the intellectual mm -hmm. tradition, our, our philosophical... Yep. Uh, view of the world, our incorporation of faith and reason into things. Um, and, and I think this is a really important way of helping folks to understand, like, the church has thought long and deeply about these things. We've had the greatest minds in human history think about what happiness is and what the importance of virtues are and those sorts of things. 
And, and we've done a really good job of not handing those on to our kids. <laughs> and, and so I'm, I'm thrilled that these kinds of things happen. Now, I think I was talking with Jerry Richter back in like 2017 or so, uh, Dr. Cleveland. And they said that about 66 students were participating in some kind of Catholic studies program there at the university. Do you know what that number is now by chance? Yeah, it's about 240. Oh, my goodness. Are you serious? Yeah, we've grown a lot. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. Sorry for yeah. uh, not no. being able to withhold my uh, enthusiasm. <laughs> no, you know it's a great, it's a great, it's a great gift. Uh, we've we've grown the program a lot, and it's impacting a lot of students. And I think, you know, it's just, it's. A, I think it's a testament both to the real goods it's offering, and the way the students are fulfilled by it, and really growing in holiness and in their understanding of the truth. And uh, I mean, it's a testament to the to the faculty uh, that I serve, who are really—they're um, just great, capable, big-hearted people. So, so Doctor, yeah, Kevin, we're really pleased that the program's growing. Yeah, uh, I've got a question for you. Um, it's kind of a twofold question. So, one, I'm I'm kind of wondering. So, how long does this program take? Is like, is this a major itself? And how does you had mentioned like, even if someone goes on to another work in another field, they, they find this to be valuable. So, how does this work uh, with? Uh, if someone's going through nursing or something like that, how, how does that work along with another sure. major? So, so the program, even though it's interdisciplinary, is a major and it's a minor. Okay. And so the major is a 31-credit major, which is, is quite small for a major. It's about mm-hmm. as small as a major gets. The minor is 19 credits, which is very small, too. And we designed it that way because we don't want Catholic studies to be their only major. Hmm. We want every student uh, who can to add a major or a minor here in addition to their primary major or minor, their, their, or their primary major. Their primary major is going to train them in a, in a, in a specialized way, right? Mm-hmm. They're a nursing student. They're going to become trained as a nurse. If they're a historian, they're going to become trained as a historian. What this program is seeking to do is uh, to supplement that specialized training with interdisciplinary training. Because one thing that can happen today is we, we, love, our, we love specialists, and specialists are wonderful, but special, specialization on its own doesn't educate a person fully. It doesn't really perfect their mind, because the world is more complicated uh, than simply what a single discipline discloses. Mm-hmm. And so an interdisciplinary program helps them to see the world from, you might say, multiple vantages of the different disciplines. And as a consequence, they they're, do become more well-rounded, and they become better able to see things and to be wise in their, in their understanding of what's causing what and what they should do. And that's what Newman said, uh, uh, an undergraduate education ought to do is give them this habit of mind that, it, that gives them a kind of wisdom in navigating the world that comes from an interdisciplinary experience and also from a certain kind of mentorship of uh, faculty. And so what we want is to offer that to as many students as we can, um, but not, we don't want to supplement or, you might say, compete with another major. Now, nursing in particular is a big major here. It's a wonderful program. And uh, for those students, a lot of our nursing uh, majors end up taking minors because it's just because of the sheer credit count. Sure. Um, but we can, we can work out. There have been majors in Catholic studies and nursing. They just have to be really interested early on, and we have to have a very meticulous uh, a plan for them so that they can hit everything. But, yeah. Wow. Uh, there's, there's so much I want to go into right now. We are going to have to take a break. So instead of, like, starting it and then stopping and, and taking a break, let's just do that right now, and we'll come back and just kind of continue to mine this field, and, and it's going to be amazing. So stay with us for more Real Presence Live. We'll be back in just a couple minutes. 
Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. At the University of Mary, we offer an education for the whole of life. Our values-based, flexible, and affordable education will prepare you for success and help you become a leader in your field. Whether you want to start your degree for the first time or continue your education, whether you are a working professional or want to pursue school full-time, join us for an education that will help you make a positive impact in our community. Discover the Mary difference. UMary.edu. That's UMary.edu. This is Lavinia Spirito for Catholic Way Bible Study. The Gospel records in Luke chapter 4 that at the beginning of his public ministry, Jesus preaches in his hometown of Nazareth and stuns, absolutely stuns, his relatives and neighbors by his authoritative preaching. The good people of Nazareth are so taken aback that they wind up trying to throw him off a cliff and stone him. Even Jesus's capacity to perform signs and wonders was limited by the suspicions and hostile expectations of Nazareth. Not much of a reception from the people who should have known him best. Now think about this. If this happened to Jesus, how much more will it happen to us as we faithfully follow in his footsteps as disciples? Do not be discouraged by sarcasm, hostility, or even persecution by family and friends. The Lord will sustain you in your Christian life, even amid persecution. Catholic Way Bible Study. Peace, power, purpose. Find out more at cwbs.org. Searching for more great Catholic content? Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com. Find Catholic news you can trust, information about events coming up in the local area, and the latest on what's happening at the RPR Network. And don't forget that you can listen to any of our stations around the clock from anywhere in the world. Need prayers for someone or something in your life? You can submit those through our online form for the entire family to pray for. Real Presence Radio, your family of faith and hope. Online at realpresenceradio.com. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. You're listening across the Real Presence Radio. My name is Nathan Sather. I'm joined in the studio here in Fargo by Brad Gray. Brad, welcome. Well, thank you, Nathan. And uh, we're talking with Dr. Scott Cleveland from the University of Mary, who is the director of the Catholic Studies Program. And Dr. Cleveland, when we were talking in our last segment, it really resonated with me, some of the things you were saying. I was a UMary student, and my quote-unquote formation in Catholicism was basically the Baltimore Catechism. My mom would have me memorize the question and answer. And so my, my view of, of faith, if you will, was very much, I've memorized these things, I know them, almost as if I was being trained as a technician, like we kind of mentioned, being a nurse or a doctor or a lawyer, whatever the case may be. Um, but I took two classes at the University of Mary that really profoundly changed me as a person. Uh, and they were both taught by Dr. Eric Booz, who was a philosophy teacher. The first one was logic. I'll never forget his definition of logic. <clears throat> logic is the system of rules which govern language for the sake of argumentation. I absolutely loved that class. It was phenomenal. <laughs> and there was a philosophy of the human person class as well, where he really challenged us. Uh, and I won't go into details, but really challenged us to think about what was the purpose of education? Why were we taking this philosophy of the human person class? What was our goal? What was our end? Our telos, if you will. And, and those classes really have foundationally shaped who I am as a person. I realized that this thing with Jesus wasn't just uh, 
memorize these certain questions and answers, but they were something I could engage with, something I could argue with and wrestle with and come into a deeper knowledge and relationship with this, this person named Jesus Christ and this church, which has this body of believers called the saints and my fellow man. And I'm just so curious what your, your insight is on how that shapes the, the uh, you know, philosophy of teaching or the pedagogy or whatnot that you have in the Catholic studies program there and how that shapes people like it shaped me with just a couple philosophy classes, let alone a whole entire minor program that you can go through there at the university. Yeah, yeah. So whenever you want to think about how to accomplish, I think, the goal of education, you have to think about what the end is, right, what we are made for. And if we're made ultimately for eternal happiness with God, uh, and that our pursuit of that is through seeking to become saints in this life by growing in holiness, and that in part looks like cooperating with God in the acquisition of virtues and the formation of our capacities in order to glorify Him in our lives and our minds. Um, education is meant to serve that end through those means. So education is ultimately about cultivating, you might say, the young person, helping them to grow and to perfect their capacities um, that God has given them, and uh, especially their intellectual capacities, but also, given the time in their life, their moral capacities and their spiritual capacities and so on. And so a university ought to contribute to the formation of their whole person. Um, at, and each, you know, you might say, different parts of the, com- of the university contribute to those in different ways. Uh, and so the Catholic Studies program is seeking to contribute in some ways to all of those, although it specializes, you might say, in the intellectual formation. And each of us is, is built to know the truth and, um, to, and has the capacity or the power to, to form um, a well-formed mind and to, to, or to, yeah, to attain a well-formed imagination. And so uh, education ought to bring that about. Education ought to think about, you might say, what does it look like to perfect or to cultivate this young person in their mind and um, their emotions and, their, and, and such that they attain virtues that help them to live a happy and a holy life in service of Christ and His Church and the world, and so we, we, that's how we're thinking about it. It's now what you mentioned that the, the, the specialist is receiving a specific kind of training. Sometimes it's it's mastery of a body of knowledge. It's, it's always going to include a certain way of thinking, whether that's a theoretical way of thinking, or a practical way of thinking, or a creative way of thinking, or they're learning to make something. And those are all great and beautiful things. Um, but when we specialize in just one area, we, um, we, we sometimes don't develop in other areas, and that can be to our detriment. Right, yeah, I think, I think like you said, there, there's a need for both, really, <clears throat> especially yeah. in, in our times, right, where uh, we're not for, like, uh, a technical special specialization. We wouldn't, <laughs> we wouldn't know so much of what we know about the universe and, you know, the, exactly. the different bodies out there and so on. But that, that doesn't necessarily... Just having this exclusive knowledge in this area doesn't necessarily mean a good life, right? Like we, we yeah. want to know how do we flourish as a human being more broadly, and that's yes. that's kind of one of the the I guess one of the variations, the departures perhaps that education has taken in recent times and centuries is that it's been um, in many cases it's it's more of a focus on equipping someone to do a job versus like how yeah. do we help this person flourish, right? Is that accurate? That's accurate. No, people need jobs, you're right, and specialized knowledge is a great and beautiful thing that's leading to a lot of advances. But at the same time, um, people need to grow as humans, too, if they're really going to be happy. And, uh, and 
like we were talking about a little bit earlier, I mean, there's wisdom about this, even among the Greek pagans who mm-hmm. thought about what does it look like to form a person who would contribute to society and flourish as a human being, just like we think about what does it mean to flourish the plants in our yard or our garden. Uh, now, one of the things in our day is that the, uh, the, it's, it's very contested. What does it look, mean for people to flourish? Mm-hmm. And so many universities just said, we're not going to answer that question. We're just going to provide you with whatever you want. Um, but at a Catholic university who's, who has a vision mm-hmm. of human flourishing, informed by the gospel, we can work a lot more towards promoting uh, the, that the young person's flourishing through education. Right. And I think, I think that refusal to answer that question is precisely what has led to much, so much cultural decay and chaos that we have. Like even yeah. I heard a, a psychologist talking about how the DSM-5 doesn't actually define what mental health is. You know, it, it has no standard against which it, so like when you talk about uh, gender dysphoria or that sort of thing, they can't say that this is disordered because they don't actually say what properly ordered is. And, and that seems to be a cultural trend that we're looking at right now is like, we don't actually even want to address what actually means, uh, what leads to human flourishing, because we don't really want, even want to define flourishing. So that's why I think this is so important, right? Yeah, you're absolutely right. And in some ways, the university ought to be at least one of the places where the great contests over human nature are, are engaged, and rather than abdicating and just acting as if people can operate without any notion of human flourishing, which just isn't true. Everyone is going to be operating with something. And students at the, at the time of their life when they go to college where they're really looking for answers to the big existential questions about the meaning of life. And so they're going to pick up something, even if the professors that they teach, like if they go to a university, uh, like a state university, they're going to pick up all sorts of notions of what it is to be um, a flourishing human being. And they're just not going to take it from people who are being perhaps super intentional about or have any sort of agreement about what that looks like. Yeah, and I, I think what you guys are talking about is really demonstrated most especially in the, uh, the COVID era where you had lots of subject matter experts with lots of specialized knowledge, but what were their motivations and intentions and how did those actions affect other human beings? Uh, I think oftentimes that wasn't taken into consideration. And, and a, a, a good philosophy of the human person, a good view of what it means to be a human that the Catholic Church provides, that the gospel provides to, to just the formation of, of good human beings uh, is a critical component, like you mentioned, Brad, that's completely lost. And to hear that, like, this isn't some faraway thing. This isn't in Los Angeles. This isn't in Miami. This is in Bismarck, North Dakota. Like, it's literally in the heart of our listening area. What a huge blessing it is to have the University of Mary so close doing things like this for our people. Any comment you want to add to that, Dr. Kuzma, I apologize. Well, I mean, we're very happy to serve uh, the people here. And, you know, we have an undergraduate program. We've got uh, a public lecture, the St. Hildegard Lecture, uh, for those who are local. Last, this last uh, January, I had Father Roger Landry um, speaking about daring to do all we can about living Eucharistic lives, and we've got Father Raymond D'Souza coming mm. um, next January. So we've got uh, a great lineup for those in the public. We also have a graduate program for students, for, for maybe adults who um, have, you know, been a while, but they're, they're interested in some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. They want to come back and maybe receive some of this sort of education that they might not have received. We've got an online program for them and also an in-person one that uh, I think would really benefit them. Love it. I, uh, Dr. Cleveland, this is great. We, we do have to bring this plane in for a landing, but real quickly, is there anywhere, where, where would someone go to just find out more information? 
Yeah, go to our website. Um, just type in You Marry uh, Catholic Studies, and you'll find both the undergraduate and the graduate program. And uh, that would uh, get them started, and then they find my contact information on our webpage. And uh, be happy to answer any questions if, if they arise from this. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for taking time this morning to be with us and sharing the, about, as, as Nathan said multiple times, the awesome, exciting, uh, thrilling stuff that's going on there at you, Mary. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, guys. Yeah, it's good yeah. to be with you. Yep, God bless you, brother. God bless. All right. Well, we now have to pass it over to Aaron on the other side of the glass. Aaron, what's the future hold? <laughs> On the next Real Presence Live, Thursday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central, your hosts will be Jack and Doreen Kennelly coming to you live from the Fargo studio. Their guests will include historian Steve Weidenkopf, who will speak about the Protestant Revolution and the martyrdom of Saints Thomas More and John Fisher. We will also speak with Mark and Carrie Sorensen, who will explain Catholic teachings regarding annulments. All this and more is coming to you on the next Real Presence Live, Thursday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. And who knows what else the future holds. Back to you. <laughs> You're not going to exaust it all, huh? You're going to leave us waiting for a little bit anyway. Now, Th Thomas More is my patron saint. So is that right? I'm ready. I'm ready. Thursday, let's make Ooh, it happen. Baby. I mean, that's... Thomas More would have went to the Catholic Studies program mm. at the University of Mary if he had been given an opportunity. He, he, he to do might so. have taught it. <laughs> <laughs> I know yeah. he would have wanted to teach it at, at U Mary for sure. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it sure beats the Tower of London. That's that's for sure. <laughs> better better accommodations hey, there. Amen to that. But uh, no, I, I I do think it's really important the the things that were discussed with um, Dr. Cleveland there. Uh, and, and it ties back into the conversation we had with Emily, actually, all these, these data points and whatnot. Yeah. The bottom line is what we're finding out is that robust intellectual Catholicism coupled with reverent liturgy leads people to enter into lifelong discipleship that they won't leave mm -hmm. because it's meaningful and purposeful. It's not the church that doesn't matter. I can be a, a lone ranger, as Emily described it. Um, and the University of Mary is doing that right here in North Dakota and, and leading the revolution is, is remarkable. Yeah, our minds are made for truth. We crave that truth. And it's, it's always so uh, enormously satisfying when we encounter it, right? Yep, absolutely. But, well, yeah. I was just going to say, maybe we should, uh, as I said, bring this thing in for landing. Let's just give God all glory. In the name of the Father, amen. the Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Glory be to the, the Father, Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you all so much for being with us this morning. Just such a privilege and uh, such a privilege to be um, to belong to our Heavenly Father. We look forward to being with you next time. God bless. Amen. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.